JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. Hey, welcome back. Sam Fritz is back in the studio, and we are live at Horseshoe Indy right now, and we're getting set for the Indiana Derby. Uh, talked a little bit about this thing a little bit earlier, and uh, we're going to bring in somebody with more knowledge and somebody that is an NBA Hall of Famer, really a Hall of Famer on every level. Let's welcome to the show. He's got a show down in Louisville as well. Uh, most noted, certainly, in NBA circles, a former Denver Nugget, former Kentucky Colonel in the ABA at UK, where he was a Hall of Famer, all the way back to Batavia, Illinois, oh. where he was a high schooler along with Ken Anderson and Craig Sager. What? What a team. It's Dan Issel who joins us now. I get this all right up here, this yeah. big brain for yeah. all this Dan Absolutely. Issel Thanks for having me, John. Yeah. I appreciate that. Kenny uh, Anderson yes. was actually uh, our backyards butted up against That's each incredible. Other. Yeah, we were, we were backyard neighbors. He, Kenny Anderson, as you guys well know, was the former quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals in Batavia, Illinois. Might be a little biased. I think yep. he's the best NFL quarterback that is not in the Hall of Fame. The best one that's still. And with the NFL, it seems like there's always that opportunity yep. to, to uh, squeak in. We keep yeah. our fingers crossed. Yeah, there is there is no doubt about that. I've always wanted to ask you this question. Uh, and obviously, this, this predates me, but I love basketball, and I talk basketball all the time. Did IU recruit you? Coming out of high school, uh, briefly. Briefly, it, it, it wasn't. It, it, it wasn't like it is today. I mean, you no didn't doubt. have this kind of exposure. I, I would get letters from schools and and you know expressing uh, their interest in me and did I have any interest in them? And and I received a letter from from IU. But my my high school coach gave me some great advice. He said, "Don't be running all over the country. Sit down." Talk to your folks, talk to your friends, and decide a handful of schools. And so that's what I did. I visited five schools, four of them in the Big Ten and the University of Kentucky. So I think Wisconsin and Illinois were two yep. of them out of the Big yep. Ten. Yeah, I actually, John, back then they had a conference letter of intent in addition right. to the national letter. So I actually signed a conference letter with, uh, with, with Wisconsin in the Big Ten. Wow, and, okay. Uh, and was going to Wisconsin uh, until a couple of uh, centers that Kentucky wanted before me went elsewhere. And so they, <laughs> they upped their recruiting, and uh, thank goodness I, I reconsidered and went to UK. Well, they are certainly glad that uh, they had you right there, too. And then obviously, I mean, you, you went in, came out of college in 1970. You go to the ABA. Uh, the Kentucky Colonels, and you were a part of that Pacers-Colonels-ABA rivalry back then, too, which I I don't know if people truly understand just how fever-pitched it was then. I mean, it was a rivalry. 
Yeah, no question. Not only because both teams were usually pretty good. Uh, you know, the, the Pacers won three championships. We won one in uh, 1975 with the Colonels. But but they were two of the more solid, if that makes sense, franchises. Yes. There there were franchises around the ABA that had a hard time make, making their They're payroll. They were selling washer and dryers to stay afloat <laughs> exactly. and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. But the Pacers and the Colonels were always at the forefront of good, solid franchises. So, uh, you know, if, if you were going to start a list every year who has a chance to win the ABA championship, the Pacers and the Colonels would have been at the top of that list. I think about this all the time. Because you made a transition to the Nuggets of the NBA, but you were such a part of the precursor. People don't know enough about the ABA. That is what we see today. A lot of what the ABA, I mean, they didn't talk about all the high ball screens back then, but that was a large part of it. I mean, all these offenses, the up and down the floor, the three point, all that came by virtue of the ABA. 100%. And I tell people that all the time. If you look at today's game, Today's basketball game, it looks a whole lot more like the ABA did in the 60s and 70s than what the NBA looked like. The NBA was a walk it up, shove the ball inside to the big guy and and try to score. It was pretty boring basketball. And, of course, the ABA with the three-point line, although uh, they – we didn't rely on the three-point yeah. line nearly as much back then as they do today. I mean, it seems like you either have to have a dunk or a three-point shot. Yeah. But I, I tell people this might be interesting. In the highest-scoring game in the history of the NBA, it was in Denver. Uh, we lost to the Detroit Pistons with Isaiah Thomas and yep. the Bad Boys. We lost in triple overtime. It was 180-something to 180-something. John, there were four three-pointers taken in that game. That's incredible. Both both the Pistons and the Nuggets were one for two in that game. So the the game has become much more reliable on the three-point. But um, uh, you're right. I mean, the first slam dunk contest was the ABA. The three-point in Denver, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. At the '75 All-Star Game, Um, and, and the only thing that the NBA didn't adapt adopt from the ABA was the red, white, and blue ball. Yeah. Other, th- other than other, that, yeah. other than that, it, it's the ABA today. Well, I, I think about that, too, because obviously you watch y- your former Nuggets team win the title, and, and a lot was made, and rightly so, of Nikola Jokic and just how good he was. Now, you didn't bring the ball up the floor. In Denver, I mean, it was, you know, Lafayette Lever was with you guys. I know I think Alex English was a part of your teams back then as well. But you were the best big man high post passer in the NBA. So a lot of, you know, you assisting, you in passing. When they talk about Jokic, I always thought, well, you know what, let's go back to Dan Issel a little bit too because you may not have brought – the ball up the floor, but oftentimes you find yourself in the half-court facility. That's, that's awful kind of you to say. Yeah. I, I, I was never close to being as good as Nicola. No, well, yeah. Nicola well, is. I mean, it's uh, just they talk about a big man facilitating, yeah, no. and you did, but you just didn't drink, bring the ball up the floor. Yeah, like yeah. but, but you know, um, I, I think, and of course I'm biased because it's the Nuggets, but Nikola Jokic is the best basketball player on the planet right now. and He's just incredible, the things that, that he can do. Yeah, was that pretty special watching them? Win? It was very special, and the, and the Nuggets treated us terrific. I I pulled in every favor. I mean, the the tickets for the NBA Finals <laughs> were ridiculous. I called in every favor I had. I got I got six good seats for game number one. Really? So I took 
all five. I have five grandchildren. So I took all five of my grandchildren to game number one, and the Nuggets even sent a car and, and picked us up. So they were incredible. And then they had Alex English uh, come to game two, and they had David Thompson come to game five. So it was very nice that uh, although we had nothing to do with winning the championship, it was very nice that the Nuggets would recognize us during the finals. NBA Hall of Famer Dan Issel's with us. He's going to be lucky if he's going to get back to what he's doing later on today because I may keep him here forever because I love talking talking hoop. I, I did want to get back to your early days when you made the transition from the ABA to the NBA uh, in Denver what was especially in the 80s let's start with 1980 what was your favorite team up until 85 when you closed out your career with with the Nuggets yeah with the Nuggets um, you know we had we had a, a, a very interesting team. You mentioned Alex English, a Hall of Famer. Yep. We had Kiki Vanderway yep. on that team who could score from the forward position All with level everybody. Score, yeah. Had had a had the best first step I've ever seen from a, from a wingman. Fat Lever, as yep. you mentioned, and um, so the the last year I played, uh, we got to the NBA Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. It wasn't it wasn't much of a series because they had Magic yeah. and. Kareem and Worthy and a bunch of Hall of Famers themselves. But that that was pretty special. We got to the Western Conference Finals, I think, twice during my career in Denver. It always kind of felt that way when the Lakers, and I think, you know, you had the, you know, the Lakers, I think one year, actually twice, I think 81, 86, you had the Rockets go into the NBA Finals. But it always kind of seemed like that was the roadblock, the Lakers the roadblock for everybody. I remember your teams in Denver, like when Walter Davis and Alvin Adams, when they were stars, Paul Westfall as well in Phoenix, that was always their roadblock. Yeah, yeah. The Lakers just were constantly that roadblock. And what could you do? To this year in the Western Conference Finals, the Nuggets swept the, the Lakers for zip. Yeah. Up until then, John, the Lakers had beaten the Nuggets in seven consecutive playoff <laughs> series. A, 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 road, a roadblock <laughs> might be, 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 be being very kind. I try to tell Nuggets. everybody, too, about Lafayette Lever. Lafayette Lever was Russell Westbrook when Russell Westbrook was in his prime before we saw Russell yeah. Westbrook in his yeah. prime. Fat, was Fat was terrific. Fat uh, is, is uh, the only uh, – excuse me, there's two – but Fat is one of two uh, Nuggets to have their jersey retired hmm. that is not in the Hall of Fame. Right. So, no, he was he was a special player. It is the Hall of Famer, Dan Issa, with us. Again, we're at Horseshoe Indy here off of I-74. It's Indiana Derby Day. How special is this day to you here? Oh, I love it. I, this is only my second trip. I, I came up to uh, Horseshoe uh, last year. Where I actually ran a horse here. Okay. Uh, and she didn't do very well, but I <laughs> but I drove up from Louisville to watch her run. But this is a special place. I love this track, John. It's so clean, and the people are so friendly, and and the horse racing is is better than you would expect in the middle of Indiana. So I love horseshoe. Now, is it just when you when you go to Kentucky? But Lexington to play collegiately, you play for a while with the Kentucky Colonels. It just kind of like embedded into you that you got to like horse racing. Absolutely, that, yeah. uh, absolutely. I, you know, uh, when when I was being recruited, Kentucky used a couple of the beautiful horse farms. I grew up actually in a in, on a dairy farm in Missouri and moved to Batavia yep. when I was in high school, and so I always loved the agricultural aspect of things. And when they took me to Calumet Farm and some of the other beautiful horse farms, I immediately fell in love with the sport. And I tell people when I find when I signed my first contract with the Colonels, the first thing that I bought was not a house, 
was not a car. <laughs> it was it was a broodmare. So. <laughs> so you're kind of a you're a country guy. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a very I I live about 30 minutes to the uh, to the I guess southwest of here. Then I grew up in in southern Indiana in, in Greene County, southwestern Indiana. So rural Indiana, in this case, or rural areas, has a lot of. My it's heart. the best. So. It's the best. You learn so many things. You work. You learn a work ethic. Yeah. You you learn character. Uh, you know it. it to grow up on a farm in a rural you area. You get some freedom too. You exactly. Know, there, there is there is a freedom that gets lost. Everybody just thinks all you're doing all day is working. Oh, you know, putting up hay, doing with the corn, you know, feeding the animals, whatever. But there's also a freedom that you rarely have yeah. anyplace else that you yeah. have in a rural and, area. And like I that. and I I. T- truly believe that the work ethic that I learned growing up on a farm was was invaluable to me playing the game of basketball. So Dan Issel, the Hall of Famer with us, before I get to the Indiana Derby and your thoughts on that, I, I three weeks ago I spent about an hour with Oscar Robertson. Uh, it was on a Saturday oh, just cool. like this, just like this, and it was so awesome because you can tell I love basketball, and, and uh, it was so awesome. And he was telling me how he worked out because today you've got workout specialists, nutritionists, chefs, and across the board, these guys have everything at their disposal. Um, you know, he kind of had just like a made-up basketball and a made-up rim, and that was it. And then a work ethic, as you talk about. Yeah. Had to work and do stuff around his home and such. And I think he lived in a rural area for a period of time here growing up around Indianapolis as well. What did you do to prepare for basketball? How did you work well, out? Well, I, I was very blessed, John, that uh, going into my junior – I mean, I was nothing special. My my freshman year in high school, I played on the freshman team, couldn't make the fresh soft team. As a sophomore, I played on the junior varsity, couldn't make – going into my uh, junior year, we hired a coach, Don Vanderschnick uh, from Southern Illinois, who took an interest in me, and he would have us come in before school – shoot free throws in our stocking feet for a half hour. Then we'd practice for two and a half hours, and then he would keep me after just and doing individual work for another half hour, 45 minutes. And then I went to Kentucky, and I played for uh, the Baron, Coach Rupp, and uh, there was no nonsense. We couldn't talk in practice. Can you imagine that? No, I can't. We, we oh, could everybody not, be complaining about we that. We could not talk <laughs> in practice. You talk about a disciplinarian. So that that's how my basketball career started out. And I was, I, I, I was very fortunate that I had those kind of coaches in my life. I just know this because I know he also grew up in, in southern Illinois in this case. Did you ever have any high school matchups with the late Jerry Sloan? Uh, I did not. Jerry was a little bit ahead of a little me. Bit ahead of yeah, me. and played uh, played at Evansville, but uh, unfortunately we had some matchups as coaches when yeah. he, when he was yeah. in when he <laughs> was in Salt Lake City yeah. and I was in Denver and uh, and he usually got the best of those matchups too. He had a couple of guys named uh, uh, Carl Malone. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, they were they were yeah, okay John, in a high ball John situation. Stockton, too. Absolutely. Yeah. A little Ab- pick and roll. Absolutely. I think about you. Dan, because you were the coach of that Nuggets team, if memory serves. Like, Miami was an eight seed. They go all the way to the NBA Finals this year, and everybody made a note of that. You guys were an eight seed before that ever been done. Yeah. and knocked off the one seed, right, in exactly. 94, no, 94 yeah. 95? I and, think uh, Sean was, Kemp and the Super Sox. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in fact, Seattle had the best record in the NBA right. that year. And we had a young team, very talented team, Dikembe Mutombo, LaFonso Ellis. Uh, Ellis uh, was a guy that would have been 
a Hall of Famer had he not had the injuries that he had. Uh, Fonz was just a terrific young man. Had uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, yep. Chris Jackson mm-hmm. from LSU, Reggie Williams from Georgetown. We had a really nice team, but we were young. Uh, and uh, we we didn't know what we were doing. We got beat. We got beat double digits in in the first two games in Seattle, and we came back to Denver for game number three. And Sean Kemp has two free throws at the end of regulation, and if he makes one of them, we're, we're done for the yeah. summer. He missed them both. We won in overtime, and then then it started getting a little tight for the SuperSonics, and we we beat them in game number five again in overtime. But that was that was a very very special and. John, what most people don't realize is that we went to Utah with that team I just talked about. We lost the first three games to them and then came back and won the next three. And and we are one of only three teams in the history of NBA playoffs to be down 0-3 and get the game to the seventh and deciding game. That, That was a special team. Well, you're a coach. You were also a general manager, and I believe you played. When you played at Kentucky, did you coincide with Pete Maravich too? Yeah, 100%. Uncor- that's incredible. 100%. I could keep you here forever. <laughs> con- con- contemporary, John. And, and this, is a, this is a story when I do basketball camps. This is a story I love to tell. So being contemporaries, we played six games. Home and a road. Yeah. All, freshman couldn't play, but sophomore, junior, and senior year. In those six games, Pete averaged 52 points a game. No, that's average so Without a three-point line. Without a three-point without line. A three point line. The closest they ever came to beating us was nine points. That's see? Yeah. Yeah. Golly. Yeah. yeah. That's we, awesome. we, we had, um, in 1970, we, had, we were playing at LSU, and we had a nationally televised game. The year before, uh, Lou Alcindor, yep. Kareem, and, and uh, Elvin Hayes played in the Astrodome. And at that time, that was the most televised college basketball game ever. The next year, we beat that, Pete and LSU and Kentucky at LSU. Pete had 64 points in that nationally televised game. (laughs) The Hall of Famer Dan Issel is with us. All right, what you got your eyeballs on here today? Anything in particular? Well, this is not going to be any big news, but the favorite in, in uh, in the derby. Uh, verifying is trained by Brad Cox and Brad and I have become pretty close friends. He's trained some horses for me. And so um, I don't know if you're going to make a lot of money, but I yeah. think verifying is the, is the winner of the, uh, of the Indiana I, I, Derby. I got you. I don't know too much about it. So I leave it up to the experts. If you wouldn't mind, I would love to get your number and have you on my afternoon show sometime. Sure. God, yeah. This is just such an absolute pleasure and an honor. Hall of Famer Dan Issel is with us at Horseshoe Indy. It is Derby Day. Indy the, the Derby sun Day. just came they out. Did. I'm John. telling you, the we're sun just came good. out. This is going to be a great day. It's because we had so much good basketball talk right there. The sun is a. <laughs> Dan, it's a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. That Thanks is for awesome. Having me. Dan Issel, everybody, it. right okay. there. That was outstanding. Quick break, and we shall return. I know I'm way over, Sam. I'm sorry, but I love that conversation. Quick break, and we're back. Horseshoe, Indianapolis, Indiana Derby Day on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. 
Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. <laughs> 